0: time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Moseller. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, serving you in Greensboro and the surrounding areas with an office on Muir's Chapel Road. Find us online at Retirement.com. Glenn, thanks for being with us this week. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, Walter. I'm doing great. I hope you are.
0: Yeah, fantastic, and looking forward to our program today. Got lots of good things to talk about as we analyze some of the big questions that pre-retirees have. So are you maybe asking some of the questions that we cover on today's show, or do you have questions of your own? We'll give you ways that you can ask those questions directly to Glenn a little bit later on in today's program. So Glenn, I'll throw you a couple of questions that pre-retirees might be asking, you let me know kind of how you walk people through those kinds of conversations and uh, what kind of guidance you give them in those moments. Let's start off with this. Let's say somebody comes into your office and they're concerned. They say something along the lines of, you know, no matter what I do, I can't get my wife or I can't get my spouse engaged in our financial planning. Is it okay to just have one of the two partners kind of taking the lead and handling everything on their own or should couples really try and find a way to get both parties involved
1: so walter this is a little tricky question you know because there are a number of couples that kind of operate their households that way so as we've said many times in previous shows we talk about the fact that there isn't no really su- any such thing as a uh, one size fits all And I kind of think this fits there, too. There's a variety of questions and topics that come up in households, and, and everybody deals with them somewhat differently. I do think it's important for both in a couple to be engaged. But, you know, what does engagement mean, Right. Certainly, when we start talking about all the nitty gritty details about how every single last thing is going to work, well, it might not be, you know, critically important for both parties to be part of that. But when we're talking about the big picture and what retirement's going to look like and, you know, a lot of times folks don't realize it's like, you know, financial planning that has different layers and kind of, you know, in the high end of looking at the big picture, you know, we're talking about, well, what do you want to do in retirement, you know, and what do you want retirement to look like? And what are the things that are important to you and to make sure that, that you, you have happen and things that you are kind of a fearful that you want to avoid or, or maybe some, you know, things about legacy planning and kind of big picture? Do you want to leave some things to the kids and grandkids? You know, almost everybody wants to get involved to some extent, in, you know, in some of those questions. And I think it's really important that that kind of be where that conversation begins in that discovery process. And then what ends up happening a lot of times is, you know, the spouse that's not as interested suddenly becomes more interested. And that's always a good thing. But they're not necessarily going to be into the absolute details that the other one is. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. You can't make someone passionate about something that they just kind of naturally aren't, (laughs) you know, predisposed to be excited about.
1: Yeah, I mean, we end up having those conversations, and and it's always a fascinating thing because, like I say, we call it a discovery process because very oftentimes it's not just me discovering things about the client or the client discovering things about me. It's but a lot of times it's that they discover things about each other because we start asking a few questions, and you know, and then their responses, and you know, all of a sudden they think, well, wait a minute, I didn't know that i was thinking you thought this and so again again it kind of creates that conversation and the planning process becomes more robust and that's always a good thing because you know the more the more engagement you know folks have with one another and you know in the in the majors of what they want you know the rest of their life to look like that's always very powerful and it's a good thing and it you know very oftentimes brings the relationship even closer
0: so make it something to strive for to be better communicators But at the same time don't uh, necessarily fit the square peg into the round hole exactly okay good questions to be thinking about that certainly is a common one along among a lot of pre-retirees is kind of you know that amount of investment in terms of time and energy each spouse needs to make into the process and there's positives that certainly come along with you know making that happen on a greater scale. What about this question from a pre-retiree? If someone came into your office, Glenn, how would you advise them if they were questioning this? Let's say that, you know, we inherited several investments a while back and decided to sell them when we thought the market was pretty high. But now we have all this cash. Let's say it's more than, you know, $200,000 at this point. And we're not really sure what to do with it now. It doesn't seem like I should put it in stocks because maybe the market's going to fall again soon. Who knows? What would you recommend to somebody who's just kind of overweighted in cash because of you know various reasons?
1: Well, Walter, I mean, I, I think it uh, as I often say, it depends, right? I mean, it really truly does depend upon you know their particular situation. You know, how old are they? You know, how soon are they going to retire? Are, are, are both folks? You know, in the couple are, are they? Um, you know, similar ages, you know, have they started social security yet? Or has one of them started social security yet? What's their cash flow needs? What are their legacy plans? You know, they have certain things they want to do for kids and grandkids. What are their IRAs and 401ks and those kinds of things look like? You know, a lot of times I'll I'll sit down with folks and they've got so much money in pre-tax dollars and they don't realize that they might be facing, you know, quite a bit of tax um, issues and challenges, or at least potentially. And sometimes, you know, cash can be helped to reposition some of those things and just make the overall plan work better. So what I would say is that, you know, if anybody you know I I can't possibly tell somebody it's like, hey, if you've got X number of dollars sitting in cash, you should automatically go do this. And I would suggest if they sit down with somebody and that advisor Automatically kind of sits down and very, very quickly in the conversation, you know, gives them a solution for what to do with that cash. That might raise a red flag because, you know, you got to really make sure is this person operating in my best interest? Because, you know, you really need to understand from an advisor standpoint, what is the situation that we're dealing with here? You know, how is going to be positioning this cash going to be the best fit and best serve these folks that are they've just inherited this. They want to make sure that they make the best use of it and they want to make sure that it blends into the rest of their overall plan. And that takes some more in-depth discovery and conversation to really make sure we get it right.
0: Yeah, I think that's just one of those kinds of things that I think will cause a lot of people to sort of, you know, scratch their head about, you know, it seems like a good thing to have a lot of cash, but am I really hurting myself in the bigger picture by, you know, not being as, uh, you know, maybe more flexible or not putting those dollars to better use? And it is, I think you're right, going to depend from person to person what they're comfortable with, what their opportunities are, just a lot of little moving parts in that one.
1: Absolutely. No doubt about it, Walter. You know, it's just really, really got to, you know, look at it, you know, on a case by case basis for sure.
0: Keep in mind, we're viewing today's questions through the lens of a pre-retiree. And what is that? Somebody approaching retirement. Again, that kind of is a bit of a dependent definition. But in terms of, you know, it could be retiring next week, next month, maybe it's uh, five or 10 years from now. But you're a pre-retiree, you're kind of approaching that date, at least it's on your mind that you're starting to think about these things and ask these kinds of questions. Sometimes those questions may come at 65, sometimes at 55 or somewhere in between. Let's kind of put ourselves in the middle of that barometer here at Glenn. Let's say I'm retiring at 60, but would like to delay the start of Social Security until I'm at least 66. Is it unwise for me to live solely off of my savings for that many years for someone who wants to maximize a little bit more of that Social Security, but does have that gap in terms of their retirement date to when they're going to take it?
1: Right. Well, Walter, I mean, again, you know, <laughs> we, we have to say, once again, it depends, right? I mean, one of the biggest dependents in that question mark is, are they married? Or are they single? If they're married, you know, then maybe the other spouse is going to be working for a bit longer. There might be ways of being able to finesse that a little bit. One of the big questions that I would uh, would have for the person who's thinking about retiring age 60, you know, what is your plan in terms of taking care of, you know, health care and health insurance? And things like that because you know basically that you're not going to be eligible for medicare until 65 so not only do you have to think about the savings and in terms of cash flow and just kind of monthly expenses and you know all the things that you would do to you know to maintain your lifestyle but you know you're going to have an added expense there at least potentially Right. And, you know, if you have a spouse that's earning enough that, you know, in essence can kind of keep the bills paid and maybe, you know, you can piggyback or maybe you're already piggybacking on their health plan, you know, then that's one scenario. But somebody who's you know not in that position, you know, that changes the dynamic quite a bit. The other question comes into play in terms of it's like, you know, well, should I rely on my savings for that long? It always depends, too. It's like, well, how much are those savings? You know, how much do you have saved? Is it IRA money? Is it Roth money? Is it just cash? you know, what kind of an account is it in, you know, and, um, and really, what is your lifestyle needs, you know, I meet with a lot of people, and some folks have, you know, they need eight to $10,000 or more a month, you know, to live their lifestyle. And I, I sit with some other folks that, you know, they have their house paid off, their lifestyle is relatively, you know, uh, simple, and they're, they, they feel like, hey, you know what, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of bills, you know, I only need, you know, maybe, you know, 1500 to a couple thousand dollars a month, and I'm good. You know, so it really just depends on a lot of different factors as to, you know, where people are and, you know, and what their needs are. And like I say, I mean, that cash flow question in terms of, you know, just needing a little bit, you know, on a monthly income basis or or a lot, I mean, that can also widely vary. I mean, you would think, well, just in general terms that Somebody needs, you know, eight to ten thousand dollars a month. You know, it's like, well, they, they're certainly going to have a lot saved and this and that and whatever. And sometimes that's not the case at all. They might not have anywhere near as much saved as they really need to. And they're and they're kind of uh, deluding themselves, thinking that they can live like that, you know, in retirement based on how much they've saved. Then I meet with other folks that have saved, you know, an enormous amount, and they only really live on, you know, you know, a few thousand dollars a month. And a lot of times that's the reason why they have so much saved. So it's like I say, I would say that we really would just want to sit down and chat and talk and see uh, where you are, what are your needs, what's your current plan to try to bridge this gap, and does it make sense? Or are there a few holes in it that we need to make sure that are filled and taken care of?
0: Great points as always, Glenn, and that's one to certainly consider, that social security question a very common one. If you've got questions for Glenn, as always, you can reach out and talk to him one-on-one, 336-291-3535 is that number, 336 area code two nine one. 3535 or go online to greensboro retirement.com lots of ways to get in touch through the website there want to throw one more question at you glenn here as we kind of walk through some of these common pre-retiree inquiries Uh, let's say that as i prepare for retirement i feel like i should learn from the best right why not learn from those who have kind of come before us and have done well so i'm i've got my eyes on somebody like a warren buffett consistently picking good investment, it seems, uh, investments and, you know, how can I apply such strategies? How can I be like Warren Buffett? That doesn't seem like a bad strategy. What do you think about that?
1: Well, Walter, I mean, it really depends. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, transitioning into retirement, you know, most folks are kind of, you know, coming from a place where they have been, you know, saving for retirement for many, many years. I mean, truly, I mean, just. Decades putting money away into their investment accounts, into their 401ks, and all of those kinds of accounts. And what I would say is that I think that the vast majority of Americans. You know are not a warren buffett type of investor and what i mean by that is that you know a warren buffett type of investor is somebody that is really an investor that they're looking to hold things for the really really long term you know even beyond them when they pass away that's like a lot of those holdings that they're never thinking ever of selling or doing anything with and the vast majority of americans you know, are really saving into their 401ks, as I see, at least for the people that come into my office, they're saving into their 401ks into these investment type of accounts. But yet, when they're getting ready to make that transition to retirement, they're thinking about, well, how can I make this, you know, turn into income and kind of create their own pension plan? Because more often than not, I I meet with folks that don't have pensions, or if they do have a pension, it's a pretty small pension, and they need additional, you know, reliable cash flow to make sure that they're going to maintain their lifestyle. And so when we start thinking about that, it really becomes more of a question about income planning and how do we make sure that the money lasts. I mean, that doesn't mean that we throw away the whole notion of investing and growth and all of that. But what I would say is that when you're transitioning from accumulation you know, phase of life into the preservation and distribution phase of life, then some other strategies start to play a bigger role. And then the, you know, the growth of your investments. And you kind of think in terms of segmenting certain monies off to the side and saying, okay, well, this money is out there maybe as a 10 year or more strategy in terms of you know, where I'm really trying to make that grow and maybe into the markets and the investment types of things. And then thinking in terms of more and more of, you know, how am I going to bridge this gap and, and have consistency in my cash flow? You know, those are more of now type of strategies and soon type of strategies, which I would kind of, you know, say that those are what are you going to do? How are you going to create income and create the cash flow that you need over the next 12 months? And then even from there, you know, to the next 10 years, because we don't want a lot of volatility and that might come about in market based type of accounts that are going to have wild swings and you know in the past when you were an accumulator you know and you were really focused on there it's like when those kind of things happen and the values of the indexes and the markets go down that's a buying opportunity for an accumulator but somebody who's transitioning into retirement, well, all of a sudden now they gotta be thinking about, well, hey, I'm gonna have to sell some things and I'm gonna have to create cash flow. And the last thing you really wanna do is sell a lot of things when things are down. You know, it's kind of like reverse dollar cost averaging. Whereas like when you were in your accumulation years, you were buying more shares at lower prices when the markets went down. But when you're transitioning into retirement, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't have new money coming in here for my regular paycheck. And I'm actually having to sell shares to make the cash flow work. It's a totally different dynamic. So I just say, be careful of what you're trying to model and what phase of
0: life you're in. All important things to be thinking about. And really, I think the big thing here, Glenn, is we're just scratching the surface, right? There's four relatively common questions, or at least the spirit of the questions are common. Social security, wanting to learn from somebody like Warren Buffett, you know, kind of hits on the question of who are you listening to, you know, those kinds of things. Great questions to be thinking about. You're fielding questions like this every single day in the office. So what's it like to, you know, have somebody across from you? They've got questions that might be similar to these, but everybody, as we've talked about, is different. It's going to depend for everybody. What's it like for you to be on the other side of that coin, that table, and, you know, kind of field all these questions that come from different angles at you? And how do you help people kind of then figure out their own solution?
1: Well, that's just it, Walter. I mean, it starts with a conversation, right? And I think, you know, most people, if they really stop and think about it, I mean, they're they're really wanting to make sure that they get it right and that they're going to really have a successful retirement and retirement plan. And so the more open you are to having a conversation and saying, look, you know, these are the things that I want to accomplish and this is what I want retirement to look like that's really the starting place. And I really, truly believe that that's really where we begin. You know, it's important to know what assets you have and, you know, what the resources that you have and what type of accounts they're in. But really what we want to start to determine is, well, what do you want your life to be like once you stop work or once your spouse stops working? What does that look like and what does that feel like on a day-to-day basis? And, And then start to fit all of the resources that you have to design your retirement lifestyle you know and that is really the beginnings of it and a lot of times folks don't think about it that way when they stop and we start having those conversations and i start asking those questions i go you know what that really is the better way of thinking about it i've, I've spent so many years thinking about what fund i was in or what i was going to you know put this money to and that you know and how was i going to grow you know my nest egg But really, it's like, okay, now we're kind of right there. We're making that transition. And and so that accumulation part is largely behind us. And now it's preservation and distribution and understanding how that transition works and really what your life is going to be like is really the start of the conversation and the questions. And it really can kind of open up. And it's all of a sudden what's really a stressful conversation can sometimes turn into Oh wow, this is going to be fun cuz I get to plan and do and it's like let's take this vacation and that vacation and let's try to do this with the kids and you know and what is our life going to look like and that's a whole different conversation and it turns into a you know a lot more fun
0: Yeah, it certainly does when you kind of start to put all the pieces together. And if that's something that you're needing in your financial life, somebody to help you put those pieces together, make sure that your retirement and financial plans are working efficiently, keeping you moving forward, but also making sure that you're well prepared to make it all the way through retirement as well. Pick up the phone. Give Glenn a call at 336 291 3535. That's three, three, six, two, nine, one, thirty-five, thirty-five. Or if you like to do things online, as many of us do, you can go to greensbororetirement.com. From your computer or smartphone, greensbororetirement.com. Look at the bottom of the page. You'll see where it says free consultation. You can schedule a time to meet with Glenn to talk about this and uh, these kinds of things. Just look for free consultation. The button at the bottom of the page on greensbororetirement.com and you can schedule a free review of your financial plan with Glenn. Glenn, that's all the time that we have on this week's edition of the program. Thanks for all the help and we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, Walter. Talk to you soon.
0: We'll look forward to it. Talk to you next week. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast.